Bibles this morning, if you will, please. If the Lord will allow me to preach uh, just for a few minutes, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 34, if you will. Psalm chapter 34. And I know this was the theme or the verse, the theme verse for our conference all of last week. And uh, Psalm chapter 34. And I want to talk to you about this subject, what it means to magnify the Lord. We talked about it every day, pretty much at the Magnify Conference. That's what we heard, you know, the speaking reference to that. And so I want to tell you today what it means to magnify the Lord. What, what, what actually does it mean? We, it's the theme of our, of our meeting. What is magnifying the Lord? Is this magnifying the Lord? And I guess in a way it could be. But as far as the Bible is concerned and as far as the Bible meaning here in Psalm chapter 34 I want to try to show you what I believe is unbelievable, not unbelievable, it's believable because it's in the Bible, but uh, it is just an, an awesome truth that I'll be honest with you, long before I stood here in this pulpit today, this has helped me immensely this week. And I'm hoping that it will help you like it's helped me. I never have noticed this. We've used this uh, chapter. We've used this verse. I think I've even preached from this verse before. But this week I begin to think about that word magnify. And so I went and I began to study that word out and I was, uh, I was sort of taken back by what, by what the, the word means. And so uh, I'll not preach long this morning. It's, uh, it's 11.58 by my clock up here. We'll try to get you out about the same time we always get you out. And so don't worry about the time. Uh, but whatever you do, don't miss the message today because I, I really think it's super important. I, I do. So uh, if you found your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of, of God's word. If you're able to stand... And Psalm chapter 34 and verse number 1, and David the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then he, then he comes to verse 3 and he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. Boy, you ever, you ever been there? I'm not talking about poor financially necessarily, but you were just poor. You were poor in health. You were poor emotionally. You were poor, uh, you know, maybe there was an issue in your family, your home. Maybe you walked in here brokenhearted today. That's where David is. And David said, this poor man cried and, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and, and delivereth him. And oh, I love verse number eight. And the psalmist says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You may be seated this morning and I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on that subject, what it means to magnify the Lord. And, and I believe this will help you. I believe it will help you for our future Magnify conferences. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us. I'll preach just for a few moments and we're going to let you go. Father, thank you for the wonderful spirit that's in the house today. And God, I pray now that as we take just a, a few moments and teach the Word of God, and that's really predominantly what I'll do today is teach rather than preach. And so Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll uh, help us to learn something. Lord, here again, and I mentioned this in Sunday school, but, but Lord, if we're not careful, just because 
Lord, this week, you know, Lord, just this week, I heard Pastor John Wilkerson preach a message on don't get bored with the basics. And God, if we're not careful, because we do this every Sunday, and we have the same pastor and the same preacher that preaches every Sunday, if we're not careful, we'll just sort of get bored with it. And God will let a message just pass us right over and we'll be thinking about something else. Our mind will be somewhere else. And so, Lord, for a few moments now, I pray that you'd draw us in and help us to be able to concentrate on what you have for us today. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to glorify you. and I want to be a blessing to these, our people. We thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. You know, when you read the book of Psalms, sometimes it's helpful to understand What's going on in the background? Uh, some, the, the book of Psalms is the Hebrew songbook. It, it, it was, it was the, the songbook of, of sorts back in their day and time. Many of these Psalms were put to music. But behind each of these Psalms, there was a background. There was something that was going on. And although I'm not preaching on this and I'm not going to stay here very, very long, you can find the story, if you want to go back and read it later in your devotions, you'll find the story in 1 Samuel chapter 22. The Bible says that David has been ousted from the kingdom by Saul. Saul is very carnal, very jealous of David. David has slain Goliath, and the people have begun to laud some praises on, on David. And because of that, Saul gets in a bad way. And now Saul is attempting to kill David. And David has been, has been ousted from the kingdom, and he makes his way to a cave by the way uh, of name, the name of Adullam, the cave of Adullam. And 1 Samuel chapter 22 tells us that a group of people have come to David there at the, at the cave. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it for you. Verse 1 says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Listen to this. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And so here David is. David's running from Saul, I mean, with his life. And David ends up in the cave of Adullam, and word begins to spread that David is there. And so the Bible says that David, his daddy and his brethren, and I'm just guessing that probably, I'm just guessing that they were probably, probably wanted by Saul as well. And so they've come down to the cave to seek asylum there with David. And David's a great leader, strong leader. And then the Bible says that, that those that were in distress, they came. Those that were in debt, I got a feeling there would have been more than 400 nowadays. Uh, but those that were in debt, those that were discontented, well, they gathered themselves to David and the Bible says he became a captain over. Now, again, and that's when we come to Psalm 34. We're reading Psalm 34. And so get the picture here what's going on. Here David is and this ragtag group of, of people that are in debt and distress and discontented, those are on the run, those that are hated by Saul, they've come to live in this cave with David, and here David is as their leader of sorts, and David is trying to encourage them. And so that's why he says in verse number three, he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. So David comes and says, come on, guys, come on. I know you're down. I know you're discontented. I know you're discouraged. 
But he says, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys, back there in the back. Hey, listen up. Hey, guys, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And exalt his name together. Listen, I know we've got problems. I know we've got issues. I know we've got some things that are going on. I, I know we're not sleeping in our own bed. We're not laying our head on our own pillow. I, I know this is not what we want. But, but you know what let's do, guys? Hey, let's just be encouraged. And let's just magnify the Lord. And let's just exalt his name together. And so that's what's going on here in Psalm chapter 34. Now, what does it mean when David said, let us magnify the Lord? What does it mean to magnify the Lord? Well, as I begin to study that word out, I found out the word magnify actually has dual meanings. And I want to give those two meanings to you today, and I believe that they're going to help you immensely. How about this? Number one, the word magnify, when David said magnify the Lord, first of all, it means to grow up, to grow up. When something grows up, it becomes large. It becomes larger. In fact, at times when something begins to grow up, it begins to tower over you. Interesting. When, you know what? If you go back and do a study of the word magnify in the Hebrew, guess what one of the meanings is? To tower. To tower. Now, let me illustrate. Let me see if I can illustrate uh, just to try to get something in your mind. Years ago when I was a boy, my daddy... My daddy knew how to keep us out of trouble. Daddy grew not one but two gardens, and both were large gardens. And, uh, and so, man, we were always, I mean, when my friends were out, you know, messing around and doing stuff during the summer, you say, what were you doing? We were hoeing corn, man. That's what we were doing, hoeing corn, weeding the garden, picking squash, and uh, picking tomatoes and, and, uh, and all those kind of things. But my daddy, my daddy had a great garden. He had a great green, green thumb. And Daddy would go out there and he'd get the ground already. And, uh, and we loved corn and still do. And so Daddy would plant several, several, several rows of corn. Well, Daddy would start with a, with a seed, with a, 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 a kernel of corn. He would get the ground already and Daddy would go down through there and he would sow a little kernel of corn in the ground. And then he, you know, took care of it and watered it and fertilized it and all those kind of things. And all of a sudden, you know what, a, a little shoot would stick out of the ground and then it would begin to grow and grow and grow. And there were some times when dad's corn uh, grew so much that it would literally tower over us. When you, were, uh, when you were hoeing the garden or working in the garden, you know what, a lot of times that corn would shelter you from the sunlight because the, because the corn was so large, it began to grow. It literally began to tower over us. I remember years ago when we moved out to the, uh, out to, to the country, we used to live on the south side of Statesville when I was growing up, and, and uh, we uh, bought, uh, Daddy uh, built a house out in the country, and we moved out to the country, and I was just little at the time. And, and so my, my dad and my older brother, they sort of cleared the, the, the property, and, uh, and when they built the house a little bit later on, Daddy went out there and he planted some, some trees. He planted uh, several pin oaks out there in the ground. Now, those things started as a, a, just a little sapling. I mean, I think he went over to FCX or somewhere and, uh, and he bought these little trees and put them in the ground. And now, if you went to my dad's house to visit, you can't even reach around those things. I mean, they are massive. Uh, just unbelievable how big... 
uh, and how enormous those pin oaks are. Now, what, what's your point? My point is those trees begin to grow and now those trees are massive. I mean, they, they tower over everything in my dad's yard. You're not going to believe this. But uh, years ago, when Miss Tammy and I first started liking each other, uh, she, she's up here today. When we started, first started liking each other, Miss Tammy was actually taller than me. That's right. I can remember us sitting at Youth Old Baptist Church, and man, we were just kids, but I can remember sitting up straight, you know, sitting up real straight in the pew because if I didn't, if I slumped at all, it looked like she was taller than I was, so I'd have to sit up real straight. People say, well, that guy's got really good posture. I didn't have good posture. I just didn't want to be shorter than my girlfriend, you know, and so I'd, I'd sit up nice and straight now. Uh, now, something happened somewhere. I don't know what happened, but something kicked in, and I began to grow, and she began to shrink, or I don't know, I don't know what happened, but, but uh, uh, you know what? And literally, I began to grow up, you know, and get taller and taller than her until finally I, I sort of tower over her. Now, wait a minute now. I, I'm going somewhere with this. To magnify the Lord means to allow Christ to grow up in your life. It means to allow the Lord to tower up over every other thing in your life. You say, preacher, I want to magnify the Lord. I want to magnify Christ. Okay, I'll tell you how you can do it. To magnify the Lord means to allow the Lord to become taller than every other thing in your life. That means that Jesus becomes taller than your job. And Jesus becomes taller than your dreams. And Jesus becomes taller than your feelings. And Jesus becomes taller than your pleasures. And Jesus becomes taller than your money. And Jesus becomes taller than your family. And Jesus becomes taller than your wants and your wishes and my wants and my wishes. Now, now we wish we'd go back to preaching something else. But I'm just telling you, if you really want to get to what magnify means, it means to grow up, to grow up, to grow up until it gets to the place where it towers over every other thing around you. And all oh, that we would get to the place where we let Jesus Christ grow up around us and get taller than any other thing in our life. You know what the word magnify means? It means to magnify the Lord. It means he towers over every other thing on the Lord's day. He towers over your rest. Somebody says, well, I'm a little tired. I'm just going to hang out and rest today. Wait a minute now. And, and that's, that's between you. And I'm just telling you, if you ever come to that place where you start magnifying him and he starts towering over everything, you say, you know what? He, he gets the preeminence. He, he has preeminence over relaxation. He has preeminence over the golf game. He has preeminence over the pass fishing. He has preeminence over the basketball game. He takes the precedence. He gets the preeminence. He is the top priority in everything that I do. Again, the word magnify means to grow up, to grow up, to grow up until it literally towers over everything around you. The word magnify means the Lord is going to tower over everything in your future. Now, I want you to do great things for the Lord. You young people here this morning, I want you to have dreams and aspirations and, and goals. I think that's good. If you don't listen, if you don't aim at something, you'll hit it every time. And so, I, like the Air Force, aim high, man. Have big goals. 
going to accomplish big things. But wait a minute now. Did you know that if you let the, if you magnify the Lord, that means that you magnify the Lord over what you want to do for the future. I think about, I think about William Borden. You've heard me mention William Borden. You've heard of Borden Dairy, Borden Milk. They still sell it today. I mean, you can buy it all over the, all over the, the shelves at the grocery store. Borden Cheese, Borden Milk. And years ago, William Borden was an heir to the Borden Empire. His family was so wealthy, they were so rich that when he graduated from high school, his mom and dad, as a graduation present, they gave him a trip around the world. I mean, I mean completely around the world. Little did they know that as William Borden was going around the world on that trip, that graduation present, little did they know that during that time, God was going to burden William Borden's heart for missions. And William Borden came back and announced to his mom and dad, I want to be a missionary. I want to be a missionary. I want to reach the Arab people and the Muslim people. And uh, wait a minute now. And people begin to try to, to talk to William Borden and talk him out of it and say, William, you're making a mistake. You're a Borden. Uh, you're an heir to the Borden throne, the Borden empire. And uh, you can't waste your life being a missionary. And they said that William Borden wrote these two words in the flyleaf of his Bible, no reserves, no reserves. They said he was determined to make God's priority, uh, God's will a priority in his life. In fact, in his college journal, he was known to have said this, say no to self and say yes to Jesus every time. When he graduated from Princeton University, Several people came to him and said, William, come work for us. Man, we'll give you an unbelievable amount of salary and you're a boarding and we want you to come work for us. And they just uh, absolutely just rolled out the red carpet to William Borden. And William Borden said, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary. They said that he wrote two more words down in the fly leaf of his Bible. Under the words, no reserves, he wrote the words, no retreats. No retreats. William Borden left for the mission field. He stopped in China to begin to learn the language so he could reach the Muslim people. And while he was in China, uh, he, he contracted spinal meningitis. And within a month of that time, he passed away at 25 years of age. And I'm sure that there were some who said, what a waste, what a waste. Here's a young man that could have had, could have had money and wealth and fame and prestige and he died at 25 years old wanting to be a, a missionary. But they said before William Borden died, under the words, no reserves, and under the words, no retreats, he wrote these two words, no regrets. No regrets. You say, preacher, how in the world could somebody do something like that? tell you why? Because William Borden magnified the Lord. And Jesus grew up and grew up and grew up and grew up until, you know what, William Borden couldn't see the money and he couldn't see the bank accounts and he couldn't see the fame. Amen, are you listening this morning? Or am I just going through the motions and talking like Charlie Brown's teacher? I mean, listen, he got to the place where he couldn't see anything else. He couldn't see anybody else. And he said, Jesus Christ is the most important thing in my life. Oh, that we would come to that place. We played a, we played a, a video for you this week uh, from Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a missionary to South America uh, through Gates of Splendor. Years ago, my mama handed me a book called Through Gates of Splendor. Everybody ought to read that book. Amen. 
I remember, I remember picking that book up, and it's, it's not a little book. It's fairly thick. Now I begin to read that book, and I remember I couldn't lay it down. Man, I just became enraptured in that book. And Jim Elliott and several other men went down there to the, to the Amazon jungle there and began to try to reach those Alcala Indians. And, uh, and, uh, and Jim Elliott literally gave his life trying to reach those people. And Jim Elliott, Jim Elliott said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott and those other young men died as young men as they were speared to death by those natives there in South America. But later that village was won to Jesus Christ. And some of those same young men who lost their lives, their wives went back to that same tribe and it eventually brought Jesus to those people and led those folks to Christ. Now, you say, Pastor, what's your point? My point is they magnified the Lord. The Lord began to grow up and grow up and grow up and grow up and grow up until he just towered over everything around them and they couldn't see the convenience and they couldn't see the popularity and they couldn't see uh, money and they couldn't see what others wanted to do. All they could see was Jesus Jesus, 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 the sweetest name I know. And uh, listen, if you want to magnify the Lord, that means you're going to have to, you say, here I am, preacher, I'm magnifying Jesus. Oh, oh, brother, that's not magnifying the Lord. Anybody can get up and do a dance and, and say, I'm magnifying. Listen, if you want to magnify Jesus, you let him grow up in your life and grow up and grow up and grow up until he becomes the most important thing in your entire life. And I was determined I was going to teach this morning, but I just can't do it. Magnify the Lord. But wait a minute now. Don't turn me off. Because I said at the first of the message, this word has a dual meaning. It not only means to grow up, but it means to be brought up. Now let me explain what this means. Several months ago, we remodeled my wife's restroom, her bathroom. I'm talking about extreme, brother, extreme makeover. It really was. It's beautiful. She has a beautiful, beautiful bathroom. And, uh, but one of the things, <laughs> she's got, I mean, a beautiful uh, garden tub in there and all those kind of things. But one of the things that she was most concerned about was she wanted a specific kind of mirror in that bathroom. It's one of these mirrors where on one side, it just mirrors your features like they are. But when you flip it, it draws everything up. It, it brings your features up. And uh, now I brought one today. This is not like hers. Hers is, hers is large. But uh, this one right here, it, at least it gives you an idea. On one side, it just sort of magnifies. Don't you look good out there? Amen. <laughs> See what I have to look at while I'm preaching? Oh, yes. See, now you'll increase your prayer life for your pastor. Wait a minute now. One side just features, you know, just, it's just regular mirror, you know. But when you flip it around, you know, it makes everything larger. It, 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 means, to be, it means to be brought up. That mirror that she has in her restroom, once you flip it over to that magnification side, listen to this now, you can literally, it's almost scary. I mean, if you're looking in the regular side and then you flip it, it's like, whoa. 
I mean, it's huge. Everything becomes huge. You can see, this is the truth, you can see every single blemish. You can see every single bump. You can see, I'm going somewhere. You can see every single eyelash. Wait a minute now. The word magnify means to be brought up. To be brought up. Uh, To magnify the Lord means you bring him up close and personal. You begin to see Christ up close and personal. You don't seem uh, just like everybody else. Uh, Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, but never show up to church. Oh, I really love, oh yeah, I love the Lord. Ever read your Bible? No, but I really love the Lord. You know what they're doing? They're looking at that side, just that regular magnification. But when you flip it over, all of a sudden it brings everything up close to be brought up. And I thought about this, Brother Brandon. You know what it means to magnify the Lord? When you begin to see Christ up close and personal, you know what happens? You begin to see the scars. That mirror lets you see every bump, every blemish. And when you take Jesus and you begin to magnify him, all of a sudden you notice, whoa, whoa, Lord, I see some scars. Lord, I notice your hands have holes in them. I notice your feet have scars in them. Lord, I notice your brow is mangled and scarred from the thorns that stuck in and came out the other side. And I notice that your, that your face is disfigured from the beatings and the, and the slapping and, the, and, and people hitting you. I notice your back is, is mangled and marred and scarred from, from the cat of nine tails. Wait a minute now. Brother, listen. When you begin to draw him up close and you begin to see his scars, I'm gonna tell you what, it'll change you. Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I thought about Thomas. Thomas was known as Doubting Thomas. And Thomas said, I won't believe. I won't believe. I won't believe until I see the scars And I put my hand in the scars. And brother, one day, Jesus showed up. And he got up close and personal. And Jesus said, Thomas, put forth your finger and feel the scars and and thrust your hand in my side. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, it changed his life when he saw the scars. I'm going to tell you what, brother. Hey, man, I don't know if I'm preaching good or not, but I don't worry. I'm preaching good to me this morning. I'm telling you what, brother. We're living in a day and age in our church when people say they love Jesus, but they really don't know anything about him. And buddy, when you really flip that mirror over and you begin to see him up close and personal and you begin to see his scars, those nail-scarred hands and nail-scarred feet and that crown of thorns on his head, it'll do something for you. And we won't have to be begging, hey, brother, would y'all come to church? Would y'all please come to church? Would you pretty please come to church? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have Bojangles biscuits if you'll come. Would you please come? Would you pretty, pretty, pretty? Would you pretty, 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 pretty please come? Listen, brother, you know what the problem is right there? You're not magnifying Christ. Because if you ever flip it around and you begin to see how good he is, we don't, have, we don't have to beg and bar and still try to get you in the choir anymore. You'll be saying, Brother Brandon, Brother Brandon, where can I fit in? 
I don't have to be all the way up here. Can I just stand over here somewhere? I just want to sing his praises. I just want to take it. I want to serve as an usher. Can I just vacuum a carpet? Can I just clean a commode? Can I just uh, can I just work on the mulch outside? Why? Because I brought him up close and personal. He got up close and personal. I see him as he is. He's my savior. He's my Lord. What a God we serve this morning. Oh, yes. To magnify the Lord means you see his scars. So much to say. To magnify the Lord means you see his service. To magnify the Lord means you see his sweetness. Psalm 34, 8, old taste. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know what happened? David flipped that mirror around and he said, oh, man, he's good. That's why David said in verse number eight, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 104, 34, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I'll be glad in the Lord. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Oh, listen to me now. This is all I'm saying, church. If we had some people today at Calvary Baptist Church who said, I am going to magnify the Savior, it would change this church. Yes, it would. Now, I thought about that thing. That, I got to think about that mirror a little bit. And I got to thinking about magnifying him, bringing him up close. Everybody with me? If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now, I want you to think with me this morning. When you magnify the Lord, when you, to be brought up, when you bring him up, and you begin to look at him closely, up close and personal, it does two things. Number one, it removes everyone else from view. And that mirror in my wife's bathroom, you flip that thing over and you get right there, guess what? You don't see anything else. Well, I'd come, preacher, but brother so-and-so, let me tell you what, you got a problem. You need to flip the mirror over. And get your eyes off of everybody else and magnify the Lord. Well, <laughs> I'd come to Calvary if it wasn't for all those hypocrites down there. Well, can I just say this? One more hypocrite ain't going to matter. So just come on and join us. Well, I'd go to church, preacher, but a bunch of hypocrites. Okay, why don't you use that same mentality on your job? You got any hypocrites on your job? Don't show up tomorrow. Hypocrites are everywhere. You know, the problem with that is we're not magnifying the Lord. We get our eyes on another preacher. We get our eyes on another deacon. We get our eyes on a song leader. We get our eyes on a church member. And say, well, you know, preacher, I'd come. Or, or, or. We get our eyes on self. And all of a sudden we get all messed up when what we ought to be doing is magnifying him to bring him up close. Wow. Wow. 
People say, I mean, I mean y'all went to church Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Y'all had to go every night. Had to go. Got to go. Had to come today. No, no. Got to come today. Had to read my Bible this week. No, no. Got to read my Bible this week. What's the difference? The difference is when you bring him up close, you begin to see his sweetness. And you begin to tune everybody else out. And so to magnify, it removes everyone else from you. But last one, we're done. We're done this morning. Number two, when you magnify the Lord, it demands a change. When you bring, when you bring Jesus up close and personal, it demands a change. When you bring him up close, you know what happens? You desire to start talking like him. You decide to start walking like him. You decide to start loving like him and forgiving like him and evangelizing like him. We're done. I want you to take your Bibles real quickly. We're done. Turn over to Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to show you a group of folks who got up close and personal with the Savior. Luke chapter 24. And look at verse number 27. This is those disciples after the crucifixion who are on the Mass Road. And the Bible says that none other than the Lord shows up. Now, he did not reveal himself to them. They didn't know who he was. But, he revealed, but, but, he, but the Lord shows up and he begins to travel with them. He begins to talk to them. And, uh, and so here he is on the road to Emmaus. And verse number 27, the Bible says, And beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, Luke 24, verse 27. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone a little gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. Oh, here it is now. And he went in to tarry with them up close and personal. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. Church, here it is now. And their eyes were what? Their eyes were opened. And they what? They knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Watch now. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. You know what happened? You know what got them on fire? They brought Christ up close and personal. They magnified the Lord. And if you and I will magnify the Lord today, it demands a change. And it says, Lord, please help me to quit talking like me. Help me start talking like you. Lord, help me to quit loving like me and start loving like you. Lord, help me to quit forgiving like I do. And help me to start forgiving like you do. Hey, listen. Like David, could we say this? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Wow. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Lord, somewhere along the line, we got way off track. Where we got to the place where we think we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to go to church, we have to read our Bible, we have to pray. Have to go soul winning, have to serve in a ministry. Oh, no. I don't have to do any of those things. Lord, I'm privileged to do them. 
I pray, Heavenly Father, today that you'd help some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church, including this Christian. God, may we draw the Savior in close, up close and personal. God, may we allow him to grow up and tower over every other thing in our life. And then I pray, Heavenly Father, we'll bring him up so close we can see the scars. I pray that you'll bless this invitation. And I pray that you'll speak to every heart. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder real quickly, first of all, how many here this morning you say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. I've been saved. I can honestly say that you'd slip your hand up real quickly. You can take it right back down. Thank you very, very much. I wonder if there may be another here uh, this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. If I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go, but I want to go, but I'm just not sure. And I'd appreciate it if you'd pray for me. You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one anywhere? God bless you. Thank you so much. Is there another anywhere? You'd raise it up real high so we can pray for you. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Is there one more anywhere right now? You'd slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, remember me. I'm not sure about heaven. Please pray for me. Is there one more? I want to pray for you. Anybody? We're going to pray for these. And then I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to make your way to an altar today. I think maybe for somebody here today, it's time to flip the mirror around and get everybody else out of sight and magnify your Savior. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you. Lord, I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for anybody else. But I know one thing. You spoke to my heart today. And I appreciate the message. And Father, I pray that you'll forgive me for those times when I magnify every other thing other than you. And God, help me to magnify the Lord. Father, I pray you'd work in this invitation, speak to hearts. I pray especially for these that raised hands concerning their salvation. And God, I pray today that you'd help them to to make their way down to the front. The pastor will be waiting here. And we'd love to take the Bible and just show them how they can know that they know that they know that they're going to spend eternity in heaven. Maybe some Christians ought to come and just gather around the altar and pray. Lord, I pray you'd have your way, please. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The piano-